Welcome to Sizzlin' Arrow Outdoors, where we learn to cultivate, harvest, and prepare clean, organic food. I am Paul Rhodes, the host and founder of this podcast and the company known as Sizzlin' Arrow Outdoors. Well, if you've been listening to us for any amount of time now, thank you for sticking with us and thank you for tuning in today. If you are listening to us for the first time, this is your first ever Sizzlin' Arrow podcast. Welcome. Uh, we greatly appreciate having you here, and I definitely encourage you to go back to the very first episode, listen to that. It gives you a rundown of what we are about, what we want to uh, accomplish with the podcast, and just kind of what Sizzlin' Arrow does. And you can check out the website, uh, www.sizzlinarrow.com. That gives a very descriptive description of what we do, what we offer, what we're wanting to accomplish, and all that good stuff. So check those out if you are tuning in for the first time, or if you are have been listening to us for a while and haven't listened to the first one or haven't seen the website because the website's fairly new. I encourage everyone to go check that out. So anyway, uh, we're gonna kind of get into things today, but um, you know, today we're gonna talk about lead bullets versus copper bullets. You know, there's a lot of people that use lead bullets. You know, me. I'm one of them. I've got a quite a bit of uh, ammo that is lead-based bullets. I do have some copper-based bullets because honestly, started paying more attention to that. And the reason I haven't paid too much attention to whether I'm using lead versus copper bullets is because I don't really hunt with a rifle. I generally hunt bow and arrow. That's honestly most of my hunting, um, at least as of the last probably. 10 years or so. It's primarily been archery hunting, so I haven't really had to worry about what kind of ammunition I'm using because I just shoot at the range or, you know, carry on a daily basis for personal protection or have it for home protection. But I have purchased a new seven millimeter uh, Remington mag this year. It's been a rifle that I've been wanting to get and I'm looking to do a possible drop camp with some friends of mine uh, in the next couple of years. So wanted to have a bigger caliber than a 270 for that. So started looking for ammunition for that. And well, let's just be realistic right now is not the best time to find ammunition for one. You can't find the damn stuff. And then two, it's super expensive at the moment because everyone's trying to gouge you on it. So trying to find it in general is tough. And then trying to find it at a reasonable fair price is even tougher. But Anyway, we're not going to complain about that. That could be a whole other episode of uh, ammo shortage. But anyway, uh, another reason that kind of turned me on to this is I, I got an article from a friend of mine here in Raleigh about a bald eagle that was found uh, off the interstate here somewhere. Um, I think it was towards the beach or something like that. I could be completely off. But um, they found a bald eagle. Wasn't doing well. Uh, they diagnosed, uh, took him into the emergency animal hospital, diagnosed him with lead poisoning and reading through the article, come to find out to my surprise that a lot of eagles or, you know, birds of prey, hawks, eagles, of uh, scavenger birds, such as, um, vultures or condors, uh, succumb to lead poisoning quite regularly actually and a lot of this is due to eating from gut piles that hunters have left during the rifle season also from fish that they have picked up through the streams and lakes that had possibly either swallowed sinkers from fishermen or you know just uh, accidentally having the lead sinker uh, be ingested by the bird so we definitely need to be more cautious with this because our birds of prey are very very important to have around i mean they're beautiful creatures to look at they 
you know, kind of keep things in check as far as, you know, uh, control of smaller game, I guess you would say. <laughs> but, but um, you know, they control the snakes and uh, other things like that. But it's, you know, besides that, they're, they're just absolutely beautiful to watch. And, you know, I, I enjoy seeing them around and they need to be protected to the best of our ability. And if we can find an alternative to lead, especially when it comes to hunting, it would and fishing it would it would definitely uh, protect them a little bit more so than we are now anyway uh we're going to go into a few different things because i did a lot of research on the lead versus copper over the last couple uh, weeks and you know found a really good write-up through muleyfreak.com and we'll put that link in the description so everyone can read it in a little more in detail because i'm just kind of picking little things here and there that i found were interesting through that and you know uh, my buddy dan roberts with backcountry chronicles has a write-up on copper bullets because he uses copper for elk hunting and i'll explain why that is important here soon especially if you eat well it's, it's just important in general to use copper bullets while you hunt so uh, the most important aspect of using copper when you are hunting is the fragmentation copper doesn't really fragment that much so i mean when you shoot copper bullets and they hit the animal and impact and they mushroom out and you know do what they need to do to make a bigger wound channel they don't really lose much of their weight they retain anywhere from 95 to 100 percent of their weight lead bullets can't really say the same for that so i mean lead bullets retain roughly about 60 percent so with that saying they they can lose up to 40 percent not all of them are going to lose up to 40%. Some of them lose, you know, 20, maybe 25, 30%. But, you know, still, that's a pretty big difference from, you know, 95 to 100% down to, you know, 40, 30, 25. That's a pretty big difference. Now, what happens when that lead bullet loses that mass uh, upon impact? So what happens with the lead bullet is that it fragments. So small pieces of lead kind of explode into... The animal it, it kind of pushes this out and from what i'm seeing here the fragments can stray up to 18 to 20 inches from the wound channel so i mean that pushes it out quite a ways and that gets into the meat gets into the insides that we leave out in the field you know a lot of people do i and i have an agreement with the person that i hunt uh his property that i take all guts and everything with me so i don't leave mine out but again i archery hunt i don't have to worry about that but anyway when the bullet expands or i don't want to say explodes because it doesn't explode it just fragments out so when the bullet mushrooms it loses a lot of its weight uh, and we're talking about lead it loses a lot of its weight and those fragments go into the animal and into the meat that we eat and uh, you know if you look and i'll put a few uh, links again into the description showing some x-ray pictures of this is really fascinating actually because you can see the lead fragments in the x-rays how spread out they actually are and what happens is when these things fragment they get they're so small you you can only see them really with an x-ray you can't see them with a naked eye i mean you can cut around the wound channel you can cut that out i mean you can honestly you can probably even if you hit the shoulder get rid of that front shoulder but still you're not gonna get rid of the lead <clears throat> altogether and me personally i am not comfortable serving meat that may be tainted with lead to my children 
to my friends, to my family, to myself, to anyone, really. Because, you know, you don't want to consume lead at all, really. But if you can prevent it with certain things, it's better. I mean, we, we get exposed to lead here and there, whether it's through commercialized food products or through our water, you know, that... We're going to be exposed to it at some bit, but if we can prevent it from known sources, then yeah, it's better. So the disadvantage to using lead when you're hunting is the fragmentations of the lead into the meat, which eventually if you grind it up, it's going to be in the hamburger. You're not going to taste it. You're not going to see it. So you're eating lead and you don't even know it. So is it going to kill you? No, probably not. Is it going to raise the lead levels in your blood maybe a little bit depending on how much of the wound channel you cut out but is it is it good to be consuming this if you know that it is possibly tainted no it's not so what the the way to prevent this would be use copper bullets if you hunt rifle for your hunting as simple as that i mean you can use i mean i'm i'm going to use lead ammunition for target practice target shooting now again those that lead will end up going into the soil, which depending on where you're shooting at, that's not good either. But I mean, copper is pretty expensive. <laughs> so if you're going to do a lot of shooting, you know, there are alternatives to lead, but you're going to end up spending a fortune. I just don't have that kind of money to put into copper. So, I mean, if we can prevent it from being consumed by the predatory birds, being consumed by ourselves, those are two pluses. And then if we can keep them out of our streams as well, when we're fishing, you know, keep the weights, sinkers out of the streams, that would be a bonus as well. Prefer not to use any kind of rifle. You can archery hunt like I do. That's my preferred method. And with archery hunting, you know, the, the blades on the broadheads they're sharp they're clean for the most part when they enter the animal the only dirty aspect of honestly a broadhead arrow shaft is just when it hits the dirt after it's passed through the animal and i think you know since i'm using quality broadheads not cheap broadheads i've never had to pull any of the uh, razor blades from the broadheads out of the uh, animal. If you use fixed blades, you're not going to have to worry about that. If you use mechanical blades, you may have to worry about getting a razor blade out of the bone or something. I mean, the only time that any of my broadheads have ever broke really is when I've hit bone or, you know, spine. So that, that's a, another good alternative. But yeah, it, archery hunting is one of its own. It's very, very challenging, which makes it even more exciting for me. But, you know, it might be a little little much for some people because it's uh, very, very frustrating, to say the least. So if you choose to hunt with rifle, my suggestion would be to use a copper bullet for your hunting. That way you're not ingesting extra lead. So another interesting fact that I've noticed that I read through the article from the muleyfreak.com is that lead poisoning has been shown to be the leading cause of condor mortality uh, in California. Condors getting lead from like foraging on gut piles and other game left by hunters has been shown to be the leading cause of the condor mortality. Uh, California condors are critically endangered species. I don't know if that is necessarily due to the lead contamination of that. Back in the 1980s, there were only 22 individual condors left in California. Uh, looks like they had captured and taken them into captivity to save the species. And then, you know, they've reintroduced them uh, since then. But, you know, the condor is still definitely one of the 
rarest bird species in the U.S. In 1991, lead shotgun shot was banned for waterfowl hunting nationally because of lead contamination in marshes and poisoning of waterfowl and other wetland species. So that's another uh, interesting fact that I wanted to hit on. If you're using lead, and this is another thing that I didn't really take into account until recently, if you're using lead and let's say you're not the best of shots, you shoot an animal and wound the animal you let's say you shoot him in the ass i've seen that happen you know, you're probably laughing but i've seen i've seen people do that uh, people shoot same for the shoulder shoot the deer in the ass and you know you're not gonna really find the animal if you don't hit like up on high and spine it but if you're using lead ammunition when that happens the animal more than likely will not survive because it's going to end up getting lead poisoning down the road. That's going to be a very, very horrible death for that animal. So with that being said, one, be sure you can shoot. If you're going to hunt, practice, make sure that you can actually shoot uh, at an animal um, and kill it. But two, if you're using copper, the animal's more likely to survive that kind of wound than being hit with lead it's not gonna i mean it may still get infected it may die a long or a slow horrible death but this has got a better chance of surviving a copper bullet wound versus a lead bullet wound again if you're hunting archery Again, I don't know how people shoot deer in the ass, but uh, that's what we're going to go with. If you shoot a deer in the ass with a bow, he's probably going to have the arrow sticking out of his butt, but he's going to recover from that. Um, I've seen deer shot with bow and arrow through the chest and survive. So with bow and arrows, they have a better chance of surviving if a bad shot is made. Now, again, there's not saying that they're not going to suffer and die later from a bow and arrow wound. I'm not saying that at all, but again, between lead, copper, and uh, an arrow, it's got a better chance of surviving from a bad arrow shot than a bad copper shot, and it's got a better chance of surviving between the, from a bad copper shot than a bad lead shot. I don't know what the statistics are of actual mortality uh, of animals being wounded with lead, but I'm sure it's pretty high up there due to the lead poisoning that it gets. And then once that animal succumbs to its injuries with the lead then you have predators such as coyotes and birds and other things eating that carcass that is contaminated with the lead which they will get contaminated too and then it's just a spiral effect on that so you know we want to avoid that and then also you know with with that not talking on the hunting but on the fishing side i mean how many times uh, i know i've done this how many times have you had a fish swallow your hook and, you know, maybe your sinker's a little farther down than it should have been, and maybe he swallowed a sinker too. Trying to be humane, you don't want to pull that hook out because you're going to end up killing that fish, right? Because you're going to end up ripping everything out from inside. So what do we do? We cut the string, let the fish go. Not realizing that he had swallowed that lead sinker, which more than likely that fish is going to die from lead poisoning down the road. Or get sick from the lead and be more apt to get picked up by a predatory animal or bird, which will result into that animal getting sick with lead poisoning. If you don't pay attention to it, you're not going to really notice it, but it's, it's something that I've 
that my eyes have been opened up to. And uh, I can't believe that I haven't noticed this before, especially doing what I do. Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself in the head for not realizing this sooner. But it's a, it's good to realize it later than never, right? So I wanted to share this all with you. All right, so since we kind of talked about the um, importances of steering clear of lead while hunting due to health reasons and just keeping the meat healthy and keeping our environment healthy, let's talk into the ballistics of the bullets for a little bit. This is kind of where a lot of the discussion comes in when people are talking between lead and copper are the ballistics and the advantages and disadvantages of precision shooting with these two. So there are some noticeable differences between the two. So one, lead is a heavier, more dense metal than copper. So in return, that means that let's say you have a 160 grain copper bullet, it's going to end up being longer than the 160 grain lead bullet, just because you have to compensate for that weight difference there. So that's going to cause a little bit of differences in the way that it shoots, how accurate it may be at it, depending on what kind of barrel you're using, because the twist rate may need to be a little bit faster, because that copper longer bullet is going to need to spin faster to stabilize. So depending on what rifle you're using, I mean, it may affect it, it may not. It really depends. You're going to end up having trouble with the longer copper bullets if you reload your own because it's going to end up sitting back farther into the shell, uh, which you may not be able to get the same amount of powder that you were using on your lead bullets. So, I mean, there are some ways to kind of fix that. There are faster burning powders out there that will increase the power uh, in the shell with less powder. So, you know, there are ways to get around that, but you're going to have to tweak with it if you're reloading them yourself. Like I mentioned, the barrel twist is another thing that might run into an issue because you have to, the longer bullets need to spin faster to stabilize versus the lead ones that don't need to spin as fast to stabilize. So uh, you're going to possibly run into some accuracy issues there. Another thing, just because copper is a little bit lighter than lead, making it longer of a bullet to get that desired weight, you're, you're going to end up losing a lot of velocity uh, at longer ranges. For one, it's uh, the longer bullet and there's more surface area to be pushed around by the wind and uh, so you're, you're probably going to have a little bit more of a lag on that. Another thing is it, it's not as dense um, of a metal as I mentioned earlier so when you are shooting it at extreme long ranges you're going to lose a lot of the velocity and knockdown power that you would have with the lead bullet but honestly if you're shooting an animal at 800 plus yards I mean really you need in my opinion that's not ethical uh, the longest shot that I would take on an animal would be probably 500 yards. A lot can happen in those extreme distances like that. I mean, wind, items that you don't see, like twigs and stuff like that. I mean, it, so many different things could happen to where you could end up wounding that animal. So it's not, in my opinion, it's not worth it. I'd rather try to get a little bit closer. Uh, Honestly, my sweet spot would be between two to 350 yards with a rifle. Again, I primarily hunt with bow and arrow, so a lot of my shots are between 25 to 50 yards at the most with a bow and arrow. So again, those are you know a couple differences on um, copper and lead bullets. I mean, again, if you're doing target practice or you know competition shooting, you know lead ammo might be your bread and butter because you have better precision and long range ability with those. But if you're hunting, uh, I would definitely encourage 
you to use copper bullets for one, just for your health, but for your kids' health, for your grandkids' health, for the health and well-being of our predatory birds and scavengers out there. You know, even if you coyote hunt and you know are a uh, predator hunter, you don't. I mean, I don't know of anyone that would want those animals to suffer with lead poisoning. Uh, we all want to make it a nice, humane, quick kill. So one way to avoid that would be to uh, cut out the lead ammunition when we're hunting. That is very simple. So, and, you know, if you're worried about the long-range shooting, you know, just try to get a little bit closer. Still, if you're three, 400 yards away, you're still able to get in there without being detected fairly easily and make that shot ethical and not as many factors could go wrong at those kind of distances. So anyway, that's really all I was wanting to talk about today is just kind of the differences of lead and uh, copper bullets and what we can kind of do to ensure we're protecting our wildlife, but also protecting ourselves and our families from uh, consuming lead and getting lead poisoning. And I think if more of us use actual copper ammunition or copper bullets when we hunt, you know, give copper a try. See how it shoots out of your rifle. And, you know, it may surprise you. It may shoot really good. And if you're shooting premium ammo anyway, the cost difference with copper and lead aren't really that big of a difference. I mean, you may see 25% difference in cost, copper being a little bit more expensive. You know, Barnes makes a good copper bullet from what I hear. I just purchased Federal. Actually, it's a Barnes tip on that for my 270 Federal Copper. I think it's a Barnes Vortex bullet. I'll have to look at that. But, you know, there are other companies out there that make them as well. I think pretty much every manufacturer has a copper bullet of some sort. Yeah, Barnes has definitely kind of made the path for copper ammunition. I think they've been doing it the longest. But, again, could be wrong on that. But, anyway, uh, just kind of some encouragement on that just to use copper. Uh, But, you know, more people that switch over to this and use less lead out in the field, the better it'll make things really. But anyway, like I said, that's all I wanted to cover today. So, you know, thank you for listening. Hope this was helpful and uh, insightful. Hopefully you learned something today. I know I definitely have learned a few things doing the research with the lead and copper ammunition. And uh, I know that I will be switching over to copper ammunition for hunting purposes this year and then going forward as well. I'll still use lead ammunition for target practice and stuff like that. I'm not going to get rid of the lead completely because... You know, lead is cheaper to shoot at paper <laughs> and it's, I've got quite a bit of it. So anyway, copper for hunting, lead for target practice. And, you know, if you don't want to do either one of those, archery is the way to go. That's again, my primary source of hunting, but thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate you listening. You know, hopefully you found this episode useful and I hope you enjoyed it. So if you did enjoy it, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review. We love to hear what you guys have to say. You know, these reviews and ratings go a long way to get the word out there. So we definitely need more of those. So if you could do that for me, that would be awesome. Make sure you check us out on the uh, socials, Instagram. I got a lot of food pictures on there. Just kind of shows you what I'm doing on a regular basis. You know, we'll, we've got the YouTube channel as well. I'm on Facebook too. You know, all those at Sizzlin' Arrow. Uh, make sure you check out the website. It's www.sizzlinarrow.com. Uh, a lot of great information on there. We do have options for memberships so where you can kind of keep in the loop certain discount options in there, newsletters, stuff like that. So make sure you check that out. You know, good stuff on there. We do have two hats, shirts, tumblers. So yeah, I think that's about it. So 
we will see you all back here on the third week of the month with another Just for Thought episode. And we will be back here at the end of the month with a interview episode, as we always do. So in the meantime, you know, get outdoors and say thanks a lot, guys. Take care.